everyone! Welcome back to episode 16 of Trail Talks. In this episode, we change it up a bit and do a roundtable where we dig a little deeper into what a thru-hike means to us. We brought back three previous guests to go more in-depth about the hiking community and why we make choices to live out in the woods. Joe, better known as Knoxville, Matt, better known as Posh Jesus, and Samuel, better known as Resident Daddy, accompanied us in the open-ended discussion. In this episode, we talk about how the trail changes your life for the better and worse, the strengths and weaknesses of the thru-hiking community, and if our original why changes throughout the trail. We hope you enjoy episode 16 of Trail Talks. Hello, everybody! Hello! Welcome back to Trail Talks. We are on episode 16. Make sure that you are checking us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to listen to. They are there. Yeah. Very cool. Also, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for winning the World Series. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Molly got me this awesome jacket. Thanks, Molly. You're welcome. (laughs) And now I can't stop wearing it. So, today's conversation is going to be a little different than our usual trail talks. We are actually having on three of our previous guests, which are Joe from Knoxville. Oh, Joe, better known as Knoxville. Posh Jesus, better known as... Matt, better known as Posh Jesus. Oh my god, you're really (laughs) effing this up right now. And Sam, better known as Resident Daddy. They all through-hiked the Appalachian Trail in the past two years. Uh, We met one of them on trail, and the other two was just really nice to get to know their own through hikes, but yeah, Yeah. anything else. Well, so today's isn't going to be a conversation kind of going through the timeline of someone's through hike. We're going to dive a little deeper and talk about what the drill has taught us and just reflecting on the lessons that we've learned. Yeah, so we composed seven questions that we'll talk about if... We don't have much to say about them. We'll skip over it, but it's just going to be an open discussion, trying to dive a little bit deeper than just what someone's thru-hike was like. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, if you're a thru-hiker watching this, um, you can maybe relate or gain some more information. I don't know. We'll just find out. We hope you enjoy it. Check us out on Spotify. All of our um, trail talks are on there. Literally just look up Trail Talks. Uh, anything else? No, let's invite him on. All right, let's do it. This is our first time having three people on at the same time. So please forgive us. Let's see. Where is... There's Joe. And then where is Sam? All right. <coughs> Let's see, let's see. Hey! <laughs> hey, Posh. Hey, Heidi, ho. How you doing, guys? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing, doing well. Watch. Whoa. Yeah, there's Knoxville. Hey! Hey, Joe. What's up? Not much. Can y'all, can y'all hear buddy? me? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> let's see. Is Sam joining? Oh. Look at, look at Knoxville plugging his beautiful brewery. <laughs> crafty bastard right there. Love it. <laughs> Stay crafty. 
<laughs> also Alliance. Alliance, another good brewery in town. Nice. Nice. Board Alliance. <laughs> I miss breweries. But crafty. <laughs> oh, do you not have any in Korea? Uh, we have what? we have one like 50 minutes away. Um, oh. Yeah, the, the bars in Korea are kind of just like you have to order food at them. You can't just go in and get a beer, which really hmm. sucks. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah, it's not it's not yeah. very fun. Is Oh, there he is. Hey. There's there we go. It's in like the Brady. It's like the Brady bunch. <laughs> Here's Posh. Here's a story. Oh my god. Um cool. All right, let's just do it. Uh Tennessee Joe is the most handsome. Nice. Oh, thanks. Hey, yo, look at his look at his hiker trash mullet. I can only I can only oh, wish uh, I had one like is that. It, is, who is the better hiker trash mullet? Is it me or <laughs> RD though? <laughs> I don't know, bro. I know, I gotta start growing it. Wow, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um Cool. Let's jump into it. Let's. Um, we kind of introduced you in the beginning, but do you want to just restate your names, your trail names? And I was going to say where y'all are living, but y'all live in the same city. So, <laughs> uh, Joe, let's start with you. Um, uh, yo, I'm Knoxville. Uh, Joe Staller, live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So, and I lived in, I lived, I'm from Nashville lived in Memphis for nine years, then I moved to Knoxville. So um, that's why I'm Tennessee Joe, you know, I've been all over the whole state, all three stars. Um, yeah, so that's me. What nice. else? What else? Did I get everything? Uh, or, when did you hike the 18th? Oh, uh, 2020, May 17th to October 20th of last year, 2020. Nice, nice. Who wants to go next? All right. Um, so I am Matt Paskov, uh, but I, my trail name is Posh Jesus. I just go by Posh. My parents are good Catholics. They definitely aren't watching. They don't want to see all that. Um, <laughs> just Posh for, for their sake. Um, that being said, I'm from Connecticut, but I live in Knoxville, Tennessee now. And uh, I hiked the AT in 2020, LT 2021. Um, and I always forgot uh, last time I hiked the Camino in 2015. So it was also that. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good one. So, nice. So uh, my government name is Samuel. Uh, go by RD or Resident Daddy. Um, I'm the odd man out here, I think. 2019 was my year. It's mm. a good year. Glad I didn't have to deal with your guys' uh, BS. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. And what was the other thing? Where are you from? Uh, originally St. Louis, Missouri, but nice. been in Knoxville now for uh, like 10 years, something like that. Yeah. It makes me feel old. But he, he still says Glasgow, like Glasgow, Virginia. He said it Glasgow. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, so I, I actually looked it up. I looked it up on YouTube. I got the pronunciation, pronunciation oh, and everything. I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. All right. No, we'll take that. Anyone who can do that at least, right? No, Posh, hey. Posh, are you standing up right now? I am. I have a, we're, we're going to get here. I have a herniated disc, so I'm standing. Yes. Oh, Sorry no. for the movement. <laughs> oh. Never oh. Used. He's gone. That's <laughs> um, what happens when you stand. 
So is, is Knoxville just some sort of vortex? Like what drew you all to that golden place? What brought you there? Well, there's, there's a big gold ball in the sky <laughs> yeah. called the sun sphere. No, I, uh, I moved to Knoxville in 2011 when I went to school down here and, uh, 20, what, 2015 after I graduated, my wife and I were getting ready to get married spring of 2016. And she was getting her master's degree at a school here in Knoxville. And we said, okay, when we, when you graduate, when we get married, we can go anywhere we want. Where do we want to go? And we looked at each other. I mean, we tossed around, I was telling Joe last night, we tossed around the Pacific Northwest. We tossed around Maine. We tossed, I mean, we, everything was on the table. We tossed, talked about going out of the country and came down to it. We both looked at each other and we said, we want to live in Knoxville. So we've been here. I graduated in 15. She graduated her master's degree in 16. We've been married since 2016 and living in Knoxville. Absolutely love it. Best, best city in the South. Cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go next. Uh, let's yeah, see. Yeah. So I had a job in um, sales job in, in Memphis and I was, I went to college in Memphis. I was there for like, I got, you know, I was in a relationship, kind of got stuck in Memphis. Um, wasn't really ever my spot, you know, and then um, after that relationship dissolved, uh, I was like, my company had an opening in, in Knoxville. I was already traveling up to Knoxville to go up to the mountains and stuff. Like I was always trying to get, you know, to East Tennessee whenever I could, like uh, West Tennessee. I don't know if you don't know it. It's, uh, it's like cotton fields. It's, you know, kind of Delta, very flat farmland. It's um, muddy water. You know what I mean? Just not for me. I was always trying to get up to the mountains. So when there was an opening, I was like, Yes, absolutely. I will. I would love to go to Knoxville, and uh, never look back once I got up here. And that was back in 2012. Nice, nice. Pause. What brought you to Knoxville? Uh, those darn Northern Texas and all their hoop nanny <laughs> and hoopla they got going on up there. Um, no, the and uh, the South. My, my uh, stepdad's from Texas. My mom spent half her summers there as a kid. I think she's here right now. Um, and so, like, I had always, like, had a little bit of, like, Southern culture just kind of, like, around and, like, the people who um, raised me. And I was always like, oh, I got to move to the South. And then, like, something hit, like, this past year that I was just like, dude, Knoxville's it. And I got Joe on the horn here and uh, got her done, you know, and bada bing, bada boom, here I am. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Are Knoxvillians brave, uh, not brave, well, Braves fans, are they baseball fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Braves, uh, we're in the Braves. It's weird. Um, I'm a Cardinals fan growing up. Mm. My dad's no. from St. Louis. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's from St. Louis, so I Dude, grew up going to Cardinals. My yeah. my grand my grandfather used to put se Cardinals season tickets. A good Catholic grandfather used to put Cardinals season tickets in the uh, collection plate for the, uh, for the <laughs> priests. It was like, oh, they love that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I've always been kind of bummed because. Um, you, you've got, you, I'm right in between, uh, so we're in the viewing area. It's weird. We're in the, a double viewing area for, uh, Cincinnati Reds and the Braves, but it was, it's definitely more of a Braves town. Um, so, but yeah, so a lot of, a lot of, a lot of friends are, we're super into the world series going on. Lately. Yeah. 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 Nice. What's happening? Our connection is being weird right now. This is what happens when you have three people on. That's okay. I see uh, you. Uh, Sam will join us. 
Uh, let's just like jump into the first question. Um, we said, what was your original why for through hiking the Appalachian Trail? And let's just let's just start with that. What was your original why for through hiking the AT? Uh, Posh went first. Uh, he started the trail first. I'm gonna let him go first. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sick and tired of, you know, the plain old job world. I had been a inner city teacher in Springfield, Massachusetts for a couple of years. And just like the drag and droll of like bureaucracy, keeping my kids down and like not really ever seeing a lot of like good come out of the district just was like making me really sad with life. I knew I had to go back to school sooner or later. And I really got to throw it to uh, my ex, uh, like my hiking partner from the time. Um, like uh, Griffin like was like, why don't we just hike the AT? And I had always wanted to do it, but she was the one that was really like, dude, let's do it. And I always say like, she got me on trail and like I got her through trail. And like, it was like definitely a good, got to throw it to Griffin wherever she's at in the world. Like good nice. stuff. Nice. Yep. It's nice. So what about you? So uh, I guess this is the uh, show and tell portion of the evening. So I actually carried this envelope that I wrote all my reasons on um, the whole way. Yeah, I wrote a list and I carried it. I actually didn't whip this out until like halfway through Virginia when I finally was like, all right, where's that envelope? I got to read it again. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like, so I'm not going to list all these. I'm not going to bore you with all that. But it's like, you know, I was looking at to find my sense of purpose um, I wanted to deconstruct life. Like I just wanted to, you know, I felt like my life was super complicated, um, but, un, you know, unreasonably so. It didn't need to be so complicated. So I kind of needed a reset and I wanted to like deconstruct to just the most basic senses of life, which is like get up, walk, mm -hmm. food, drink, you know, easy, like clear goal, clear path. And um, I got exactly that out of the trail. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's just no mistaking. When you wake up in the morning, there's no mistaking, like, what you're, you're trying to do that day. You know what I mean? Um, there's no confusion. You know, you're just, you know exactly what you're trying to do. So I needed that in my life at the time. So that was a big reason for me. I, like, I'm not going to read all these, but I had some other ones, like, some pretty cool ones. Like, I just wanted to achieve something. Um, mm. I wanted to find inspiration and also mm. inspire others which I definitely, I feel like I definitely achieved that. Um, and I also wrote on here, I believe I have lots to contribute to the AT hiker community, which, you know, um, I definitely, which is totally true. And, you know, and I wrote, I want to get out of Knoxville for a bit. Like, I just want to get out of Knoxville for, for a little bit, you know, just like change it up. And yep. I also have on here like this one, I wanted to raise my vibration. Oh, all right. Zen. And, and, you know, <laughs> high vibe. I was definitely vibrating very high out, out on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Sam, what was your original why for hiking? Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm, so, like I said, I moved to Knoxville in 2011, and uh, I remember going to the mountains and seeing the sign at Newfound Gap headed up to um, Charlie's Bunyan, Ice Water, mm -hmm. Ice Water Shelter, all that. It's like Katahdin, Maine, nineteen hundred and seventy-two miles, right? Like, and and those those numbers are always burned. That is burned in my brain forever. Mm -hmm. And I just remember seeing it and thinking, like, wow, people actually walk like that far to like just for fun. And I thought, <laughs> I, I think I want to do that one day. And then, 
and then like kind of time went past and I kept thinking about it. I'm in school and basically every day I'm like looking up the AT, like what the heck is this thing? And uh, about a year later, I remember thinking, I think I can do this thing. And then, you know, a little bit more time goes past and, uh, and, you know, see, by senior year, I'm like, okay, I think I need to do this. Like, n- not only to decompress from four years of college, but like, there was something there that I thought, I, th- I think I need to prove. And I think, looking back now, I think I'd say I, I, I went into it needing to prove to myself that I could do it. You know, like, here's this thing that a bunch of people think is absolutely absurd yet people do it every year. And I was like, I think I need to be one of those people. I think I need to be a whack job who just walks for months and months and months, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel my own personal why was life was so linear right up until the end of college for me. And I mean, of course, of course, for everyone, it usually is. And I just like, it didn't feel like I was really making my own choices in life at all it was just kind of like this is what you should be doing this is where you should be going and college for me was kind of a safe choice and i felt like i kind of just burnt out of it and i was like i'm not really passionate about anything at the moment and um yeah and then and then we also went down to the smoky mountains and we same spot in newfound gap and saw a bunch of through hikers and they were just so excited about life and i was like damn i want to do that like so bad Yeah. Isn't, isn't that like the most inspiring thing ever when you meet people who are doing this thing and you just think, I want to be you. Like, I don't know, you don't know the pain they're going through. You can smell them from, you know, 20 (laughs) feet away, but you just think like, that is what I want to be when I grow up, whether you're, you know, (laughs) six years old or 26 years old or whatever. It's like, yeah, I want to smell that bad one day. (laughs) Dude, Sam, it's so funny you say, like, I want to be that when I grow up. Because when I was, like, a Boy Scout as a kid hiking in the White Mountains, we would do backpacking trips, like, you know, Prezi Traverse, stuff like that. And every single time, I just remember, like, smelling these people and being like, why? I want to be that, but, like, why? (laughs) At the same time, it was like that yin-yang, like, it's disgusting, but, like, amazing. And just (laughs) literally, when I was a little kid, that memory is burned in there. I love that you brought that back, man. It's awesome. I love that all of you guys brought up that sign at Newfound Gap because that was, I didn't mention it, but it was also hugely inspiring for me uh, as a kid going to the, going to the Smoky Mountains and being like, this goes all the way to Katahdin, Maine. And it's like 1,973 miles. I was like, that is unfathomable, fathomable. And uh, it was really cool going southbound. Um, I got a picture in front of it and I love that picture next to that sign because it was the first time that I'd ever seen that sign with that that number of miles instead of that being in front of me it was now behind me so it was like a huge milestone for me yeah wow yeah that's really cool when we were there like i i had no concept of the appalachian trail whatsoever until our first trip to the smoky mountains so seeing that sign for the first time i was like oh what is this and then about 30 minutes later we met a through hiker and i was like oh i'm gonna learn about this like right now like i need to know what's going on (laughs) Yeah. And I remember, I think you knew a little bit about it. So you were explaining it and like, I want to do this. And I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was stuck with me ever since. And then I had to look it up and here we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you guys come to the States, uh, we got to go up there. We got to go uh, do a oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go, let's go check it out again. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, real, real quick, Molly, what are we going to check out? The Apple what trail? <laughs> the Appalachian <laughs> trail. The I'm cardinal sorry. sin here in Knoxville. Cardinal sin. <laughs> Posh, when did you start calling, saying Appalachian? When did you start pr- pronouncing it properly? Like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Like a month. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm there now, man. <laughs> oh my God. Um, did your did your whys change? So you like stepped on trail, you got a thousand miles in, honeymoon phase ended. Was the reason you were out there still the same reason you started? I mean, I think mine's pretty quick and easy. Like I always wanted to my whole life, I was like, I'm going to do it. And so like I the reasons I got on trail were like life pushed me there. But once I got there it was like for me, it was always like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get to Katahdin, Maine from Springer Mountain, Georgia. That's it. And there's like, there were no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, would it be broken arm, you know, twisted ankle, shin splints, uh, you know, fractures, whatever it might be. It was going to happen. And so for me, that was always the why that was just driving. Was why? Well, we're getting to Maine. I'm going to get to Katahdin, that place that I had been there like three or four times. And every time I was like, someday I'll have my day up here. And so like that kind of, maybe it's, I don't know, basic of me, but it was always simply, we're getting there. And that got me there uh, through and through, no matter what. So, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? Yeah, so mine's a little bit more complicated than that because, so I, you know, initially saw that sign in college and thought, got to the point where I said, man, I got to do this one day. Like I'm, I need to do this. And I would, I'd say even now, like, I didn't know why I felt like I needed to do it, but I felt like I needed to do it. Like there was just something. And I told my wife, like, I, I want to do that when we, as we're getting married, I'm like, listen, I want to do this one day. Is that, a, is that going to be a problem? She's like, no, no. Why do you want to do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I should. Um, so it wasn't until later down the trail that I really realized, like growing up, I played sports my whole life. I've got, I've got five brothers. We all played sports. Like I've played baseball since I could base pick up a ball. Like that's what I did. I played baseball in college. I played soccer growing up. Like that was, that was kind of how you determine like your ranking, right? Like you got five brothers, like you're always fighting to figure out who's better than everybody else. And so I think I realized on trail, like, I need to do this to prove to myself that I'm good enough. Like, it's a lot of self-worth stuff, you know, like, I've got to prove that I'm good enough to myself. I've got to prove that I'm good enough to all these other people that, hey, I'm going to walk 2,200 miles. And same mentality as Posh, like, there is nothing. I I had hiked that trail 100 times before I set foot on it, right? Like, I had seen myself on top of Katahdin a hundred times before I had, I had even stepped foot on Springer for the first time. I had no doubt in my mind that I was going to make it, but I had to prove to myself, I had to prove to, felt like I needed to prove to other people that like, hey, I, I can do something that's really hard, right? In high school, graduating high school, I was a hundred pounds soaking wet, like and I, that's on a good day. I mean, like if I had if I had jumped out of the shower after just sitting there for a couple hours, I was a hundred pounds. Uh, you know, just like I was small, I was a, I was always underweight. I was always smaller than the next person. 
And so there was that, that like piece of me that was like, I've got to prove to them that it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how small you are. Like I'm going to be better than you. And this is how I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to do it. I didn't realize that until, I don't know, maybe, maybe 1500 miles in of mm. all of a sudden it dawned on me like, Oh yeah, I really need this for myself. I need to like, just to give myself the confidence to keep moving forward. I have to prove that I can do something like this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Joe, also, does, that, oh. does it not make you feel a little bit better than your other brothers too? Oh, absolutely. My other yeah, brothers like are you're, you're better than them now. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got one brother who was, who's in the Marine, who was in the Marines, another brother who is currently in the Marines, who's special forces. I've got another brother who is in the army, who is like, soldier of the year soldier of the century like i mean he's a greek god if i if i swung that way like my brother's a hot dude right but like, <laughs> now i can walk 2200 miles like they can all suck it <laughs> <laughs> love that love that <laughs> joe what about you um I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was, did my why change? Like, did my why from before yeah. to after? Um, so, no. My, so, like, I don't think that my why changed, my, my reason for hiking changed, because um, I think some of my reasons for hiking what, were things like really do a deep dive inside of myself and learn things about myself that I didn't know. So, yeah, I learned a lot about myself, but, like, that was kind of, you know, that I didn't know. You know, I really, really got in there uh, with myself, but um, that was kind of my reason for, for going. So, so no, my, you know, I kind of, I, when I look back on this envelope of all the, of all the reasons why I wanted to hike, um, they're all super accurate. And like, I really did achieve, you know, a lot of those things. So no, it didn't change. Nice. Did any of you ever want to quit at any point on the trail? Um. Failure was not an option. I, mean, I yeah. was not going to fail. There was no, there was absolutely no way I was going to, if I had to finish in a wheelchair, I was going to, and I remember when I got to a, I, I remember when I got to a, a point towards the end and I was like, I remember like on my last day, like I, you know, I only had like within like 30 miles and I remember being like, I'm about to finish this thing. I got 30 miles left and people were like, yo, you've made it this far. If you break your leg, I will carry your ass the rest of the way. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like once I got to a certain point, I was like, I could literally crawl from here. So like, we're good. Like I'm definitely going <laughs> to um, Kind of in Joe's same vein. I don't think there was a single, like despite the COVID thing hitting while I was out there, um, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy being like, you're not a through hiker. Um, that none of any society expectations injury would have mattered. No, zero, never happened. Wow, I forgot. I didn't realize I was the only actual through hiker on this call. Maybe this is that's what sets me apart. Is I did. I had one moment of weakness where I thought it was. Um, so my dad came out and hiked with me for five days, uh, starting in Damascus. We went through the Grayson Highlands, and it was awesome having him out. If you're going to hike, though, like, you got to do your thing. Um, that's my number one, like, the number one thing I took away is don't let anyone else come out and change your your itinerary, like, change your plans, nothing. Because at that point, you're 500 miles in, and all everyone who I was hiking with got ahead of me. 
Um, and then it's just my dad and I, and, you know, bless his heart. He's a, he's, he's in his sixties now, but it was, I mean, we would walk a hundred yards up a mountain and he would stop for about two minutes and we'd walk a hundred yards and he'd stop. We were going up uh, white cap in Virginia, right before the Grayson Highlands. And I remember finally saying, dad, I can't do this. I'll hike to the top. I'll wait for you at buzzard rocks. Like you just keep walking the trail. You get there when you get there. I got up to the top. It's blowing wind. It's blowing snow sideways on me. And I just hunkered down for like 30 minutes waiting for my dad. Right. And he was out for five days like that. And that night we were at a uh, Thomas knob shelter. I had to fight a skunk because a bunch of section hikers had kept their food in their bags. Um, it's, it's like negative degrees because of the wind chill. There's, I, I'm just like, the next morning I woke up and I, I said to myself, all right, I'm going to ask him to take me home. Cause he had to drive through Knoxville to get home. I was like, this is it. This is where it ends. And it was a good run. And then we get hiking. The sun comes out, uh, warm up a little bit. I'm like, all right, forget that. We're not doing that. You know? Uh, and then I ended up because of that, I ended up hiking with meeting up with farmer and hiking 1700 miles with him you know and as soon as i met farmer i was like all right if i can keep up with this guy i can i can finish this thing and that was it it was like two days of okay can i keep up with him can i keep up with him and then we just took off the trail provides yeah 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 <laughs> hey uh hey joe you bear hang your food bro uh man like five times yeah um, i remember like early like early on i was like bear hanging it and then towards like and then i got to a point where i was like i want my food more than the bear and yep, um, yep. i was like i'm gonna sleep with my food and if that bear like tries to come after me like come to get my food i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna show it some energy <laughs> some very frightening energy that i want my food more than it wants it so um that was kind of my mentality through and i never had any problems was it a was it a pillow or was it a leg rest? Um, no, just uh, it, it was actually like a cuddle, like you know what I mean. Like it's kind of alone. Me too. I was like, it was like a solo hike, so it was just kind of like you know, um, kind of kept me, kind of kept me warm at night, you know. Right, mm -hmm. makes sense. It's like the body pillow. You gotta hold right. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was doing. I would the same put it thing. in between my legs, you know, <laughs> to get the spacing there. Yeah. Here for the spine, bud. Spine, yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Okay, I'll move it on. Why do you think some? Uh, why do you think some people's perspectives of of the trail? Or I'm sorry. Why do you think people's perspectives of life change after the trail? Like, what are the aspects of the trail that um, make people either get to Katahdin or get to Springer and just? think differently or their life is different um i mean i'll, I'll start that one um i think you know again you really simple going back to like the oversimplification of life on the trail um i think that that was big for me and i think that's big for a lot of people you know again things get um you get carried away with a lot of unnecessary things in the in the real world and um you know, it's really cool. And like, when you're on the trail, you realize what's important. And um, Hollywood, I don't, I would love for it, Hollywood, uh, who I met on the trail 2020, class of 2020, who 
uh, he, he named his doc, he shot a documentary called Pack yep. and Soul. And, and it was the premise of the whole documentary or the name of the documentary was if you can't carry it in your pack or in your soul, you don't need it. And um, so that was a big lesson for me. And I think a lot of people learn that, like you just learn like what extra weight is both physical extra weight mm. as well as emotional um, or just unnecessary weight in, you know, metaphorically. And um, I, so I think that really changes that changed my perspective on the trail. And I think it, you know, change, it's pretty common um, for through hikers. Well said. Yeah. Really well said. So I've got a, a good piggyback right off that. I'm going to take a, a page out of a buddy's book. A friend of mine named Spreadsheet is John Mecklin on, uh, on Instagram here. He had a concept that he called emotional base weight going on the trail. Mm. And like for him, it was all about when you started trail, you probably had an emotional base weight of 80 pounds, right? You have all these things that you're emotionally just carrying on you at all times. And for a lot of people, um, the trail is a way of kind of taking that in the same way that you would with gear throughout trail. You just throw it by the wayside because you don't need it anymore. All right. And by the time you get to Katahdin, your emotional base weight is that of our buddy Armadildo. You know, it's 8.3 <laughs> ounces because you're brushing your teeth with your socks and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> making coffee with the same one. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that, <laughs> that, that's what my buddy John Mecklin said um, about that. I think for me and for maybe people that are a little more like me, um, it, it was a very easy way to see that, like, all these extra things in society are just very trivial, nonsensical and useless, um, that like there's so many facets and things that we worry about that the second you get out there, it just like when it comes to you actively surviving in the world, do not matter whatsoever. Right. They're just right by the wayside. And uh, I was definitely like kind of had that kind of morale when I was younger. I think the trail definitely brought it back out of me that it was like, wow, there's so much that society cares so much for. It just doesn't matter at all. And I think that, you know, that's the part of the hiker trash mullet and not shaving for days when you get back and keeping your beard there, the flow. Because it's like, why do I need to be a groomed human being? That's just silly, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, along, that, along that same vein of being a groomed human being, my <laughs> wife had to force me to wear deodorant when I first got back. I was like, I don't need it anymore. Like, come on, be free, baby. Come on. Yeah. Same room, you'll wear deodorant. So, <laughs> no, I think as cliche as it is, man. I mean, the the you find your your trust and belief in human beings again. You know, like you got people like Rob Bird and uh, you know who I know. I know you two know really well. Just like the fact that this dude reaches out to me before I even step foot on the trail and says, "Hey." when you make it here, give me a call and wow, you've so got a, you've got a bed, you've got laundry, you've got food, you've got a roof over your head, you've got slack packing, you've got this, you've got that. And he, he, he'll pick, pick someone off, off, up off the side of the road. He'll feed anyone who walks past his van. Guys like Fresh Ground who, man, absolutely love Fresh Ground. He's, I saw him two days ago. Uh, just will, I mean, that, that's his life. He just wants to feed people and he wants to come alongside people and aid them. The people in towns who, you know, will give you a hitch or will buy you a meal or whatever it is. It's like all of a sudden 
you go out there and it's, it's easy to think about it being this individual journey, but there are so many people who come alongside you and support you who you will never see again in your life. Not one time. And yet they're willing to throw 20 bucks your way. They're willing to, you know, put you up in a hotel. They're willing to shuttle you to get groceries, you know, whatever. And yeah, it's a big part of the hiking community. It's just this, this, trust in each other that we're going to take care of each other and even if I don't hike like I love what you're doing I love the fact that you're out here doing it and I want to be this tiny little part of it and in some way claim that like I help someone along on their journey right and that's that's life like we run into people who just in some little way help us along on our journey and we may never see him again. It may be a one-time thing or maybe, you know, six months of your, of this 80 or 90 or 100-year span of life that you get. But, like, they made a difference in that moment. Gotcha. And going off of that, I think that's, that's, really, that's really beautiful. Like, uh, life became more optimistic. And also, like, before getting on trail, life was just so much tunnel vision. And leaving the trail like you're actually looking at the world and you're taking in what the world's giving at you and whether that's the people or the nature or just like your everyday life um for me it was just very eye-opening it was it was just this doesn't matter as much as this matters more yeah yeah and um somebody asked me recently sorry to cut you off there somebody asked me recently they were like they were like why are you so willing to help me right now I, I helped somebody so they got a flat tire in the middle of the night and um put like a thing on instagram and they were like you're the only person who responded i was there in like 10 minutes to come pick them up and um and they were like and, and they were like let me give you this let me give you that i was like no, no no no, we're cool like i'm happy to help and they were like why why are you so like eager to help and i was like listen i'm a hiker i just spent five months fully immersed in a culture where everyone is helping everyone we all have a common goal and that is to move up the trail and we want everyone to succeed and this is the you know what i mean that's the culture of the at and um you leave with that in i left with that like in my heart you know and i really wanted that to be like it was something i found on the trail and um that's that's part of the culture you know yeah 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 that that's kind of hilarious that you say that joe on the so uh Posh and Knoxville and I got a, got together last night, and uh, Knoxville Knoxville messaged and just said, "Hey, I'm running behind, whatever." And I was like, "Shoot, I am too," but I was gonna be there pretty close on time. And as I'm driving up Broadway, there's a car broken down in the middle lane, two guys trying to push it up a hill, and I'm like, "There's like," as I drove <laughs> past, I said to myself, "Like I was like, nah, I'm late." And then I thought shit no one else is gonna stop and help them push this car up a hill to get it into a parking lot like this is like that's the type of stuff that you do on trail is like you throw off whatever plans you had or you throw off whatever goals you had in mind for that day or that couple days because like here's someone who needs something Mm. and Mm -hmm. you know what it's like to need something and to have that need taken care of and so it's just like, yeah, the drop of a hat without a question, like, yeah, let me help you out, you know, and I'm not going to take anything for it because I've had so many people do things for me that they wouldn't take a dime. I stayed with Rob Bird for five days, you know, like he wouldn't, 
dude won't take a dime. Fresh ground. It's like, I'm going to make food for 40 hikers a day, and I'm not going to take a dime from you for it. And so it's like, okay, you take that in, and then all of a sudden you have all this extra, you know, emotional, physical, whatever change that then you get to pay out to other people, and you don't need anything back in return. Mm. It's it's funny that we say that the day I moved to Knoxville, I was actually late by like two and a half hours when I was supposed to meet Joe at his place. Was the dude, there was a dude who like walked up to me at a gas station. He was like, hey, man, I literally just need a jump. Will you come around the highway? So I like went around an exit. Car wouldn't jump. Ended up just getting him a tow using my own AAA. And he was like, man, what do you need? I was like, bro, no, like do it for somebody else. Like this is humanity. We just do these things. This is what good people are all about. And like. I don't know if I like hadn't gone through the trail experience of having so many people do that for me. If I would have like, you know, driven around three exits to go give this kid a jump, right? Like who knows what the situation could have been. Um, But it's funny that it's one of those things that gets ingrained in you and then it's just there forever in life. Right. Yeah. There's no thought about it. You just do it. Right. It's that Southern hospitality too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So were there any specific experiences that really pushed forward this point of like how you changed your perspective on life or any life lessons that you learned from specific interactions, whether it be just with through hikers on trail, something that happened while you were alone or with a trail angel or anybody? Yeah, I got one that comes immediately to mind. So I'll take the lead on this. Um, so I've mentioned fresh ground a whole bunch, but our year 2019, he was, um, he kind of adopted us as we got up north. So I first, we first got together with him in Vermont and uh, right at the end of Vermont. And he followed us all the way up through the whites. He followed us all the way up in the, through Maine. He summited Katahdin with us. So like we're, we're tight with, with fresh ground. Absolutely love him. And we were in, uh, where is, where's that Rattle River hostel? Is that Rangeley? Gorham. Uh, it's Gorham. 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 That's my second home. I love Gorham. Oh, that place, yeah. dude. Yeah. Love that place. So, so we're in Gorham, and he, uh, he took myself and my buddy Frozen to McDonald's or something like that, or I don't know, the grocery store. And we're driving back, and we see this guy pulling a wagon on the side of the road. And... So he pulls over, I guess the wheel, I think one of the wheels was, was off or, or not rolling right or something like that. And the guy was like, oh yeah, I'm going to visit my dad. I've got to walk another, you know, 130 miles, something like that. And he's like, the wagon's breaking down, all this, all this stuff. And Fresh Ground goes, all right, well, you going to hang out here for a minute? The guy goes, yeah, I'm just getting food, using Wi-Fi, whatever. He goes, okay, I'll be right back. So we go to the, to the hardware store. Fresh Ground buys in this new set of new set of wheels for his wagon. He brings it back and puts the wheels on. The guy's he says, Yeah, you need anything else? The guy's like, Well, you know, I've got to charge my phone at, at here. And Fresh Ground's like, Oh, I got I got a battery pack. He gives him, you know, an, an anchor battery pack. It's a it's a hundred dollar, hundred and fifty dollar battery pack. And he's like, Here, this is for you. The guy's like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, man, not a problem. Like, this is what I do. I'm out here for other people. Like, and the guy said, well, let me give you. And he's like, no, you're not giving me anything. Like, here. And then he bought him McDonald's. And then he's like, all right, like, 
good luck to you. Maybe we'll see you down the way. Drives off. And he's like, and Frozen and I were, were talking to him. And he just said, listen, like, this is what, like, we don't have anything if we don't have each other, you know? And, like, that guy would have gone another two miles. The wheel on his wagon would have fallen off. He'd have been lopsided. He would have been pull- dragging his wagon along the ground. He wouldn't have had a cell phone. He's like, this is what we do. And if we don't have each other, we don't have anything. And it's like, so eye-opening, just the mm. way that he gives and gives and gives and absolutely wants nothing in return. But then I'll, you have all these people then who give to him. And, you know, like the other day, he's doing Sobo season and he put out like, hey, I'm hitting a lot of day hikers, section hikers. I'm running out of money fast. Within within eight hours, he had $10,000 donated to him, right? And all Holy these shit. people who are like, we just want to be a part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So fresh ground is is huge. Nice. For sure. Um, I've got one. Actually, it's from the Camino, oddly enough. Um, and it definitely, like, shaped uh, a way that I operate through the world. So doing the Camino, I was, like, 22 years old, young buck, like, hot to trot, thought I was tough shit. Um, and like, I had probably gotten something like 400 miles at that point. It's only like a 500 some odd mile trail. And there was this huge group of orphans. Um, or I, sorry, I didn't know they were orphans. That's a key part of the story. Huge group that was like clogging up the whole trail all day long. Like these kids, they were like littering and they were just like, like hundreds of them that were all getting like bust around and like ruining the trail. Like I had a buddy who was on a bike that like got bumped off into the mud by them. And I was like having a really like, just like angry time anytime I saw this group. And I was hiking with this Australian guy and he just kind of turned to me one day when I was bitching about it. And he was like, you know, Matt, like you never know what someone's situation is like in life. And when you're harboring anger towards someone else, you're the one with the problem in life. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of was something that registered with me is that like now as I've moved forward is that like no matter what way someone's interacting that might be negatively affecting my world, you don't understand what their situation is that might be pushing them into that situation. And I'm the one harboring the anger. So I'm the one with the issue at that point. Um, and it's definitely helped me kind of like put off any kind of things where that might I might harbor otherwise or like get angry about and stew over and it turned out, as I noted at the beginning of the story, that all these kids were orphans from Lithuania that had never left, you know, like their little orphanage area. And they'd been all brought to Spain to like have this like walk experience. And so despite them being like kids acting like kids out on trail, um, you know, it was probably huge for them. And to know that like that was their journey, that really kind of impressed upon me that it was like, you never know what someone's journey is in life. And to like harbor, to hold anything against them is, you know, just putting more emotional baggage or base weight on yourself, right? Um, That was something that definitely impressed me the most out of any trail experience I've ever had, aside from the obvious, you know, uh, camaraderie and kind of, you know, niceties that people hand out, like Sam was saying. RD, no government names. Resident Daddy, are you drinking whiskey in the bathroom? <laughs> oh, with the bathroom? No, 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 no. Spare bedroom. You Spit beer like the shower? <laughs> whiskey. Uh, no, those are his <laughs> curtains, man. Uh, okay. What are you going to say about his curtain <laughs> choice, huh? I thought, like, I thought you were like sitting on the toilet in front of the shower curtain. <laughs> yes. 
You were like, I, this is the only quiet place in the house. I got Best acoustics. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Well, I saw, I saw someone else earlier posted, are you in the bathroom? And I thought they were talking to someone else. <laughs> no, I know. I saw that. That's what I was talking about. That's what I was referring to. I was like, it does look like he's in the bathroom. What's going on? Oh, I miss all that. Um, I have a story about yeah, yeah. an experience too. So, Please. in Palmerton, Pennsylvania, there is a trail angel named Squeak who was absolutely wonderful to us when we stayed there. She let us camp in her backyard with like six other through hikers and just like wanted to talk. And so, we would just sit around her kitchen table or outside and talk. And she kept bringing up this metaphor for like life of like always take the blue blazes, life isn't linear. So like when you're hiking the trail, there are all these different spots, these blue blazes you can go to and see these beautiful views. And you would never know if you passed up the opportunity to go. And your life is the same way. Like it doesn't have to be just this one direct shot. I'm going to Katahdinor. I'm mm -hmm. going for this job or to do this. And I, that like really resonated with me. It's part of the reason I'm in Korea for myself. Like it just said like, why pass up an opportunity that you might never get again. And so that was something that I really ingrained into my own life because of that. That's great advice. Um, yeah. Take the blue blazes in our last um, conversation um, that we, our last trail talk that we had, that was, that was, we touched on that for sure. It was yeah. like, it was like, take the, take the side trail, you know, mm -hmm. go check it out. Like, yeah, you know, don't, don't pass up, you know, opportunities all the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other direction and yeah, me too. Don't walk, <laughs> don't walk somewhere you don't have to walk. <laughs> That's dumb. Each their own. Hike your own hike. I've seen, yeah, I've I've seen more. Hike. I've seen more blue blazes once I got off trail than than I was on trail. I was Agreed. Like, no, that's not white. Yeah. I, that's the only color I know right now. <laughs> I have one objective, and I don't ever look for beauty. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> it is miles, not smiles, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't stop for any view under fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand. Fourteen k. <laughs> That's it. Oh my god. <sighs> oh, I got. So one. we've come. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. My perspective. Quick one. My perspective. One way my perspective changed after the hike was, I didn't eat McDonald's for like five years before the trail, <laughs> and my perspective on McDonald's totally changed uh, when I was on trail. So. That's all I got for that about that. Nice. Did wait, uh this is a question for everyone. Did you guys eat a lot of trash food when you got off, or did you feel like your diet changed after the drag? Um I still eat a lot of tuna. Like I never got sick of tuna. It's like a You're disgusting. Part of my diet. <laughs> No. <laughs> you told me you still eat Cliff Bars. Like, I can't eat, I can't eat Cliff oh, Bars. Oh, God, Cliff Bars. Uh, yeah, I can't. The, the peanut butter banana is particularly good. All right? Yeah, and yeah, leave yeah. that one alone. All right? <laughs> I don't have those. Um, a trash food? No, I think I gave myself like a week of being a villain to my body. Probably two weeks of being a villain to my body. And then I was like, okay, let's care for them again, you know? <laughs> No, nah, I got I got right, right back on normal person food. I mean, mm -hmm. I I went normal to the dentist uh, like six months after I got off trail, 
And she was like, hey, you eat a lot of sugar? I'm like, no. She's like, clean my teeth. I was like, okay, do you drink a lot of soda? I'm like, no. Goes back to clean my teeth. I tapped her. I said, I did eat like six Snickers bars a day for about four months. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. She's like, you got 13 cavities. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to real quick. <laughs> I got 13 cavities after the trail. Yeah, I didn't eat that many Snicker bars though. So. Neither did I. Oh, sort of a pull and peel Twizzlers kind of guy, you know. <laughs> I was <laughs> rolled with a pound a half, pound and a half of those bad boys at all times. I was a big payday guy. I really like payday. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I had the family size M and M bag. And I would just carry nice. it. <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. entire And they don't melt either. That's smart. Yeah, that's a move right bad. there. Yeah. They do. Sour Patch Kids, big, big patch, yeah. patching guy. SPKs, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what? Did, wait, Sam. What did Frozen do? Didn't he have like Sour Patch, and he had his own like candy trail, trail mix? mix? Um, I know he did Sour Patch Kids. I don't remember what else he did. I, uh, yeah, I, he he's got all kinds of things he likes to try and do. I remember that he like dumped all of the trail mix out and put M&Ms and Skittles and Sour Patch all into one bag and he said this is going to fuel me to the Katahdin. I, I don't know about that but it sounds terrible. <laughs> you, go, you go and eat you're like oh this is a Skittle and you're eating an M&M there's nothing worse. <laughs> um, so we like so we talked about I think a lot of the uh, never mind never mind uh, the trail doesn't always give you um, what you want, but it a lot of times gives you what you need. And um, I think just a more optimistic perspective on life is definitely what it gave us. Is there anything Ooh. else that, um, I don't know, the trail gave Unexpected. you that you didn't know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for me, like, um, so I kind of figure out what my, um, where I want. So I was kind of struggling uh, with mental health before I got on the trail, you know, I just, I just didn't feel like I was in a great place. I needed something. I was looking for something. I didn't know what it was. I thought the trail might, you know, help me find it. And, um, it, it really did. What it, what it helped me find was that like, um, when I was on the trail, like I had purpose, um, I was motivated. Um, I was outgoing. I was friendly. I was personable. I was, um, positive, you know, um, optimistic, all of these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, P, uh, Posh always says I had like major PMA, positive mental attitude, which is true. And um, it's so like what I found on the trail, what, what I like looking back on what I found on the trail was like I found my baseline of like where I want to be. Like now I have it's defined for me. Like when I'm in a good place mentally, when I'm in the best place mentally, I can. Um, that's where it was when I was on the trail, when I was hiking the trail. Um, and, you know, especially being in sales and everything, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't really feel it today. Like I, re I don't really feel like talking to people or whatever. But then I just kind of look back on the trail and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And like it kind of gets my head in the right spot. Um, so so like I didn't know that's what I needed, you know, and I ended up finding that like I ended up finding like, a, you know, a reference point for like where I want to be, you know, uh, mentally. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. great. I think uh, for me, um, something like my whole life, I always felt like vulnerability was like a bad thing. Um, and that 
like you, you shouldn't do that with just general people. You know, you can't share that kind of stuff. And then also the kind of attached to this where it will lead um, is that oversharing is too, like you shouldn't do that so much. You shouldn't like talk to strangers about stuff. I like my mouth would always get me in trouble as a kid. Like you're stop. You don't talk to people like that. You don't talk to people about that. But like on trail, it was just so easy being in this state of just purely exist and survive, you know, kind of lifestyle that I really found my groove that like not only is like being vulnerable really awesome, but like just speaking your mind with people and letting it be on the table there is really freeing um, in a sense. And like take those two together is that like when you're having like an absolute just like shit day and like Joe Schmo bystanders coming by, you're like, hey, man, like life sucks right now. What's up? And like sharing those things with people, you'd be surprised the amount of vulnerability and like sharing that you'll get back from people is like people will resonate with you a lot of the time and then also you know find a way to either facilitate you or like if you're you know oversharing in a fun and a happy way you know it kind of brings them up in the same way um and for me it just kind of all looped into having a more genuine existence in that way that like maybe you're oversharing maybe your coworkers don't want to hear about you know your bowel movement this morning. But at the same time, maybe Marie loves shit jokes and you just made a brand new friend, right? <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah. Take the brown blaze, you know. You always, you always take the brown blaze. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think for me, a lot of it was, was about like... Um, physical and mental limitations right mm -hmm. like i i love to push myself when i was out there you know i i look i look at people now and like i see people who party their way down the trail like cool yeah. that's your thing that's your thing i was not that at all i was like i'm here to hike i'm gonna pound it out i'll get 25 miles done by three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon like i'll have more left in the tank but it was always about like, how hard can I push myself? How far can I push myself? Mm -hmm. um, what are my limitations? You know, to the point where I made it up, I, I did a marathon day over Mount Washington, went, went um, notch to notch over Mount Washington. Yeah? That's fucking good. Dude, you keep going. You keep going. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to stop you. Fucking yes, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I went. I went notch to notch over Mount Washington. I hiked until like nine thirty at night, right, to do this thing, and and it was all just like, can I actually do it? And now coming back into the real world, like all of my goals now are not based off of what I think I can do, but what I, what I think I think I can do. You know, like. I want to hike, I want to hike a 50 mile day because I think I can. And before I wouldn't have dreamt of that. And now I'm like, yeah, I can definitely do that. Like there's this, there's this mental, positive mental attitude, whatever that is just like, I'll, I'll put my mind to it. And if it means I have to walk 18 hours or 20 hours or whatever it is to get it done, like I know that I can get it done as long as I keep one foot moving in front of the other. And like, you know, um, same with your mentality. Uh, classic was in here, but uh, he we hiked with this uh, with this chick. I forget her name now. Um, and she said, any she was like, yeah, I'm an I'm an ultra marathoner. 
And I was like, oh, dude, I want to do that. And she's like, yeah, anyone can do it as long as they think they can do it, you know? And she goes out and she runs 25, 30 miles at a time because she thinks she can do it. And it's like, if you think you can do it, you can get it done. You just actually have to believe that you can. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the theme of my hike in general was if you think you can do it, you can get it done. But how hard can you do it? How hard can you push? How far can you go? Nice. Uh, Posturious. Yeah, yes, thank you. I'm <laughs> leaning into the classroom atmosphere here. Um, so I, in that same aspect, though, do you feel like it kind of changed the way that, I mean, this is for everybody. It's not my show, yep. but I'm going to take the helm here. Um, <laughs> do you feel like it changed your guys' expectations, or not expectations, but feelings around, like, failure, and not, not just failure, but, like, when you are trying to push and when you can't get there? Like, did it change how you guys felt about those things? Because I feel like now, for me, a failure is like, okay, yeah, I didn't make it that as far as I wanted to that day. You know, like I tried my hardest and I think it's, you know, the smart thing to go a little slower or like take more time, whatever it might be. Um, and do you feel like it made you more okay with those things? Because I feel like it did for me, definitely. Yeah, I sleep a lot easier at night. <laughs> Sam's like, no. No. no, I don't sleep any nights. <laughs> no, it, 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 well, what it did was it created this mentality that everything is a learning experience, right? So I went out, I attempted, yeah. a, I attempted a 50 mile section. I, I attempted 19E to Irwin and I made it to Roan High Knob and I was tired. I got a late start. I made it there in five hours, about 16 miles, whatever. But it was getting dark. It's getting cold. I'm hungry. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'll hang out here. I'm not going to do any more. Baffle blew out of my sleeping pad. Uh, you know, like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I was, I was mad about it. But then also I was like, okay, what, what happened? Right. And that's like, I think mental strength more than physical strength is the thing that gets you down the trail. It's not being oh, the yeah. most fit person in the world. Mm -mm. It's being someone who's able to say, okay, last night I was cold. What am I, what am I going to do different tonight to make sure I, I don't get cold and I can sleep better. Yesterday it rained and it sucked. Obviously it always sucks when you're walking in the rain, but what am I going to do to make it suck a little bit less? Right. And it's building that mental strength up so that when you have those failures, they don't absolutely demolish you. They turn into these learning experiences where you say, okay, next time when I go out and do that section, I'm going to change this, right? I'm not going to hike as hard as I can so, up to yeah. up to Little Hump Mountain for six miles. I'm going to take it nice and easy so that I don't blow myself out super early and not have the energy or strength to keep going. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I think with um, failures too, and just just goals in general, it's like what's changed is incremental growth is really important to me now. Like mm. putting it into perspective that uh, like the the end goal is not just it. It's it's I'll get five percent here today. I'll get five percent there the next day. It's the journey. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely more about the journey than it is the destination. Um. Yeah. For me, the way kind of going on what all you guys are talking about. Um. I kind of look at so I speak. When I was on the trail, I was speaking really metaphorically. I, I looked at the, the the trail as like a metaphor for life, and um, and kind of an and kind of an art. I kind of I kind of looked at the trail as being like an art and um, or like a martial art or like yoga 
or something like there's no failure in yoga like there's no best person in the class there's no worse everybody's doing their own thing everyone's hiking their own hike and i think a really good illustration of that like i think anyone can finish the hike if you every anyone can succeed if you do it your own way if you hike your if you truly hike your own hike and a great illustration of that is this year in 2021 and i met both of these people um uh nimble will nomad 83 years old oldest person ever hiked the trail and little man five years old youngest person ever hiked the trail in the same class this year and um it just goes to show that like anybody can do it if you and i also met many people who were completely out of shape along the way and it's like i met people who finished in two years you know what i mean and it's just like as long as you can figure out the proper way that's right for you to hike, there's no failure. And also mm-hmm. there's no failure if, if you don't, if you look at it as I don't have to do it through hiking one year or whatever. And like, maybe I'm a section hiker, you know? Um, you know what I mean? Then like, that's kind of the way I looked at it. Like, like getting on the trail, like as you're succeeding, if you're on the trail and if you're trying, there's really no, there's no failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just talking to my buddy Cat the other day um about it doesn't take experience to hike the AT. It takes a willingness to learn, right? And like you see it all the all the time with these people who who don't have a ton of experience. They go out there with the worst gear you could possibly have, but as they go, they realize like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to make an adjustment to my tent if I want to make this thing happen, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to adjust this. I'm going to have to adjust this. And then there are the people who go out there and they're like, yeah, I've got all the best ultralight gear. I've got all my camera gear that I'm going to use to, to vlog this or blog this or whatever it is. But like they, they're so focused on these thing on the, the, the gear. They're so focused on what are, what am I bringing with me? that they don't actually ever walk into it with a mentality of, yes, stuff's going to hit the fan and I'm going to have to figure this out. And like when you go into it with a willingness to learn and to grow, I think you see more success from people like that than if you go into it with the mentality of I've got the gear, I've got, you know, I've got all the best stuff and I'm just going to go do this thing. Those are the people who tend, I feel like you tend to see drop off because they they aren't ready to learn they're ready mm-hmm. to go out there with the gear and have the gear carry them whereas everyone else the pe- the other people are like yeah i know my gear sucks i know i got a, a ozark mountain tent from walmart and it weighs eight pounds but i'm gonna like i'm gonna figure this out as i go right mm-hmm. like that mentality of growth of of learning like just goes so far in completing something like this and then carries over into life, right? Yeah. It becomes that learned practice of, okay, now I'm off trail. Now it, I'm just figuring out how to make it through life. I may not have the best, you know, background. I may not come from the best place, the best family, whatever, but I'm learning to make do with what I've got. Mm-hmm. Nice. Eloquent. Become... Ooh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say eloquently then. Drinkers become really good problem solvers, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm. Nothing but time to think about it. So what can I do to make this better? Yeah. Yeah. And you have no choice, you know? Yeah. 
So we're also saying a lot of pros. Are there any cons of um, uh, like, what was I saying uh, on? Yeah, yeah. Cons of how your perspective has changed since getting off the trail. You mean, um, do you mean, do you mean besides? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't explain that well. Wanting like, to are drop happy, everything? Yeah. Are you happy with like post-trail life? Like your, how your perspective has changed post-trail life? Um, what are the pros and then what are the cons of like through hiking the AT? How did it ruin mm -hmm. you in the good and worst ways? Um, so I, I would say, you, that, hit it, you know, one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> you have, Posh, do you have something? <laughs> no, I was saying go for it, buddy. After you, <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, um, so I was going to say, yeah, it kind of, it did spoil me in a way. Like it kind of makes me want to put myself in situations where like, um, uh, I don't, you know what I mean? Like when I'm looking at a body of water at night and I'm with people, I want to be with people now who, um, who look at that body of water and they're like, I, like, I don't want to be with people who are like, Oh, it's cold and dark. I don't know. I want to be with people who want her like, I want to jump in that shit naked right now. Like, let's go, <laughs> you know? And so I guess, I don't know if that's positive or negative, but like, that's kind of like how it's ruined me. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I guess you guys can, I mean, I, I was that person, what, my third, that. my third weekend in Knoxville, Joe, you had me jumping into a body of water naked with you. So like, yeah, I, I will say that. Well done on <laughs> that one. <laughs> that is. <laughs> he would have ditched me if I hadn't. Um, I know. Be, you're out of here. <laughs> so I would say the one thing that that trail definitely kind of like pushed back into me was like, a discontent for societal just kind of like expectations and like how people expect you to interact with the world or like participate or like, I don't know. I already didn't like them when I went into trail and then like on trail, I was like, fuck society, man. Like all these ideas and norms that you like should participate in or getting savings account. And you need to be married with kids by this time in your life. What are you doing here? You know, really, you should get back to it. Um, no, why aren't you paying bills regularly? You rapscallion, stop that now, you know? Like, wearing, uh, wearing deodorant, come on. Yeah, wearing deodorant <laughs> in bed with, with your significant yeah. other. That's just silly, isn't it? Um, and like, yeah, trail <laughs> showering regularly, but trail definitely like pushed my brain more towards like living the ways that you're always going to enjoy yourself is definitely priority over like familial or like societal expectations. I love my parents to death, but they hate the way I live and that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> or like when I go off on a long trail this summer my friends are like, you know, you can't just like walk around all the time. You should like, you know, get a house and like pay a bill, you know? <laughs> and I just like laugh because I would just, those, those things are so silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the only thing that uh, that I really hate is that desire to up and leave and just go hike. I mean, I was telling I was telling Knoxville last night. You know, it wasn't for my and I, and I told my wife as much when I summoned it. I was like, if it wasn't for you, I'd turn around and I'd do this trail again right now. You know, and. And so there's still just that deep-seated, embedded desire of, like, 
man, I go, I still go through weeks where I'm like, hey, I, I just want to go hike. I, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to have to yeah. deal with this crap. Like I just, if I could go and I could hike the AT tomorrow, I would do it again in a heartbeat. You know, like yo, hit me up, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just it's. But now I, I like I have all these responsibilities. I've got a house I got to pay for. I've got you know I've got a wife that I that I care about that I want to I want to help take care of. <laughs> Babe, if you're watching, I love you. Uh, but like, I would yeah like I. There are weeks I'm just like, if I could, I'd walk out of this house right now and I'd go and I'd hike a trail for four or six months and like, mm. you know, be free, whatever that means. Like, just go be trash on a trail somewhere. <laughs> swim naked and eat yeah. shitty food, right? Yeah, yeah. swim naked mostly. Uh, there you it is, hikes yeah. coming up? You, you say what? Hikes coming up? Oh, nothing. Who? No hikes, anybody? Everyone? Next any hikes coming up? Hey, I'm the sure. now. <laughs> Colorado Trail 2023. Let's Colorado go. Trail. Colorado Trail 2023, everybody. Let's go. Nice. I'm thinking 2022, man. Oh, no, 2022. Like I'm not, I don't, yeah. I'm what not year? good at math. What yeah, 2022. <laughs> the next one. <laughs> uh, PCT 2022. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. Especially yeah. committed to it. Y'all are waiting yeah, for that, like, is... dramatic. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, permit uh, day is next week. Yep. No. Yeah, yeah, good for y'all. Yeah. It'll be fun. Right. Yeah, doing so, it with our ET family, so it should be no fun. Shit. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow, awesome. Now, I heard the key to getting the permit you want is make a bunch of emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a... Uh, the PCT portal apparently has like 15,000 people on it the night of. It's just people with 10 computers. And it's usually only like maybe 2,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, heard, heard, their mom. I heard the real key is if you're going Nobo, you just put your starting location 30 miles north and then you just show up at the terminus and like, hey guys, I'm here to hike. Smart. Oh, crafty. Mm. You're a crafty bastard. If you're out there watching, <laughs> don't do that. It's bad, but... I'm, I'm nervous about the PCT, though. Everyone's beautiful on that trail. Oh, guys. You fit in perfectly, man. You're gorgeous, right. Thank you. Are talking about appearances? Like a, yeah, I know. Look at these societal <laughs> rats over here. <laughs> what, has Korea, what has Korea done to you? <laughs> Yeah, they look true. very moisturized. You guys lightly are sunned. Y'all are the most attractive couple on the trail. What are you talking about? Cuties. It was something Odie mentioned to us. We were in the 100 Mile Wilderness in his bus, and we were talking about the PCT. And he just goes, man, everyone on the PCT is more attractive than the eight years. And he pulls out a yearbook from, like, the same year of AT and PCT three, just like look at them. He said he was like, it looks like it looks like everyone on the AT just kissed their sister, and it looks like everyone on the PC just walked the runway. And I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're gonna if we're gonna do this, there's a good reason for that, Because right? because most of the people who are hiking the AT can't hack it on the, or I'm sorry, most of the people who are hiking the PCT can't hike it on the hack it on the AT. Oh yeah, there it is, dude. It my is. buddy, my buddy Cat was on the was on the PCT. He did a forty mile day, five thousand feet of elevation gain. Right on a forty mile day, 
He was mm-hmm. like, dude, it is a walk in the park. Like, yeah. Love just, that. just cruise all day. Yeah. And then 40 mile day on the AT, you're doing like twice that, three times Ten, that. 10,000 feet. Yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's going to be pretty nice. It's going to be pretty flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It might get a little boring. Nah. Oh no. yeah! Like, I like the all devil. those mountain <laughs> vistas and yeah. over ten thousand foot <laughs> peaks. Just when so drab. No stopping for fourteen thousand or under. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah. become like SWAT. That's yeah. it. Yeah, just just remember where you came from. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Always be home. Nope. <laughs> um, what did you leave behind uh, from your prior life that you didn't realize that you were carrying on trail? Maybe like lifestyle change or mentality. Uh, it could be like even career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I go first. Um, uh, I, you know, in so as a salesman, um, uh, I don't. I no longer want to like. I want to sell a product that I truly, with my heart, believe in. And before the trail, I was, um, I just kind of had, a, I had a job, I had a great, amazing job, but, you know, but I just didn't fully believe in the product I was selling. And, um, and so on the trail, it was great for me to like really soul search and be like, what do I, what do I believe in? Like what, and, um, and I want to tell people about that. I want to use these talents that I have for sales to talk to people about that. And um, that's kind of what I left behind. Like from now on, anything I sell, it's going to be something that like, that I fully truly believe in. Nice. Nice. Good stuff, man. Um, Well, my Harking partner, I guess I left that behind. Um, (laughs) No, that, that was a bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will definitely say that like, (laughs) Being from Connecticut, uh, like appearance and like societal expectations are very important, right? Like I remember as a kid, I like made a duck, a duct tape backpack and I was like super proud of it. And like several people after school, like parents are like, Matthew, like, do you need someone to buy you a backpack? Like, are you all right? Like, is, do you, does your family need money? Is it, it's okay, sweetheart. And like, just kind of like being bred into you that you like look a certain way, do stuff that you're supposed to. And like, I don't know taken those ideas of like what's expected how you should look and like definitely more my priority in life now post trail that it's like my priorities are what make me happy and what brings joy to my life and joy to those people that I care about and like whatever someone else considers that or like values it as or judges it as is of absolutely no consequence to me right it's does it make the lives of those I care about and myself better great then that's what i'm going to do with myself and too bad for anyone who thinks differently about it right nice yeah i i guess the societal kind of the societal norms um just my mom told my told my wife before we got married hey uh samuel just doesn't care about a whole lot and at first I was, I was offended by that. And now I'm kind of like, no, you're right. I don't. I mean, like 
look at my hair. I I got a mustache. Like, <laughs> like the goal in life now is I want my appearance to make women and children scream and run away. Like, <laughs> just, I don't care. If you don't like the mullet, you can go suck it. If you don't like a mustache, like, I don't, I don't freaking care. Like, you know, appearance, if, I, if it's making me, if I like it, I'm going to do it. I mean, for the most part, as long as I'm not hurting other people. Like, I care about other people. I don't want to, I don't want to put other people out. But, like, yeah, it's, I'm not going to cry if I haven't showered for two or three days or if I haven't worn deodorant or, you know, like, it's, uh, it's just all a bunch of bull, bull crap yeah. anyways. Um, Malarkey. By, by the way, Resident Daddy, uh, I, I love your mustache and your mullet. So, like, Thank you. Looks great. Thank you. You're, you're fucking killing it. So. Thank you. Even if you stole it from me, buddy. If, Whoa. If anybody talks shit about that, just fucking give, give them the give the boot. Um. What? What strengths and uh, this is I want to jump into the actual trail community in your opinion. What strengths and weaknesses do you think the hiking community has? Um, again, I think we talked about a lot of strengths. Um, is there more or are there any weaknesses? Um, yeah, I have found some weaknesses. I think in the uh, in the trail community, um, especially being a twenty twenty through hiker. Um, one of those things being like post trail community. Um, we all know that uh, post-trail depression is definitely worth mentioning. I'm, I'm sure we all uh, experienced it in some form or fashion. And, um, you know, when I got off the trail back in October, late October of 2020, um, all I wanted to do was talk about the trail. And um, I couldn't, like, there, was, there wasn't anyone around um, to talk about the trail with. And, um, and also like, and also I was shunned by the Appalachian trail, um, whatever ATC and, um, you know what I mean? So that was like pretty, that like really kind of exacerbated, uh, I feel like my post-trail depression. And, um, I do think that community post-trail, post-trail community and, um, and especially, um, for us in the year of 2020, uh, 20, and, and now 2021 hikers are also um, being invalidated by the ATC. I think that that's, um, that's unfortunate. Um, and I, I, I do think that there sh should be some more community on the local level. Um, and I guess maybe we'll get more into that later, but um, yeah. us in Knoxville, you know, we're trying to put together something, you know, we're trying to put together a little community of, through hikers, Knoxville local through hikers, um, you know, and that's not just for people who have hiked, but, and I, it, you know, I don't, my, kind of my vision for that is like, um, it's not just for, for through hikers, like, like past through hikers or current, you know, or current through hikers, but it's like, it's for maybe, I mean, I think once we get this thing organized, it'll be for uh perspective you know through hikers as well you know to come talk to us and um so so anyway i think that the, i think that the local community um for, for at through hikers once you're done it, it's kind of lacking mm. um yeah 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 i'd say i'd say the the greatest strength and the greatest weakness are actually hikers right like 
you have a lot of hikers who make a really, really good name for hikers. And then you have you have a few hikers that give hikers a really, really ba- bad name. Mm. And I'm I'm yeah. talking more on trail, right? Like Knoxville's talking post trail, you finish up, like there's there's no support. Um but on trail, you know, like I'm talking to my buddy Kat and he was he was on the PCT this year and uh, they went to a restaurant and I guess the restaurant had been like a bunch of hikers had stiffed them and walked out on their tab. Right. Which is like most, most hikers are like, are you serious? Like, come on. And so they were like, Hey, we want to pay for another meal because we know you got stiff before. Right. And so like our greatest strength and our greatest weakness is ourselves. And we can't always control who shows up on trail, but like, we can always try and leave a good impression. And unfortunately, like there are those who are there for themselves and who, you know, don't really think about the wider trail community and how their actions affect, um, you know, the hikers who come after them in particular. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like, so for instance, I was pretty early in the season and it was, that was always on our minds. Like, okay, when we go through the wipes, I don't want to make the crews at the huts, like dread more hikers who are coming up, but you know, at some point they're entitled hikers who are thinking, uh, we've made it this far, like give us food, give us a place to stay, whatever that then spoils it for the hikers who are coming up behind them. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but we all, I think we all pull our weight and, and do what we can. Like we can make that trail community so much better just by treating our hosts, treating our host towns, treating our restaurants that we visit like that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear about hostel owners burning out towards the end of the season because they've had to deal with all these really crappy hikers through the bubble and like why do we do that to people why do we think they owe us something just because we're walking on a dirt path for 2200 miles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um i think mine mine's real quick i think that the uh the instagram is great um but i also think uh, just for like connecting to one another right it's really good for that cuz like anyone that's just like at hiker class of the year you're going to see what their stuff is going through like where they're at you can check in and like heck that's how i connected with you guys um dirt nap uh over at the broken fiddle i talked to her the whole trail she was like always a week ahead of me or whatever um and got a ton of info from her but at the same time like the very much like oh, look at how beautiful it is and, like, look at all the pictures and the foliage. Almost creates sometimes a little bit of a, I don't know, faux kind of version of what it might be, mm. right? It's not, it's not all beautiful. And I know that there's, like, more than a couple folks who, like, will post the raw stuff. But, like, it's, it is definitely, I don't know. The popularization of it, I think, is a little dangerous in a way for, like, maybe people who aren't prepared for the you know, hard times that are going to come along it, you know, expect it to be like, you know, this life changing experience. That's just, it was all beautiful and nothing hurt. Um, Cause it's not, it's not going to be that. Right. It's, yeah. So I think that definitely a good resource for us, but at times can 
oversimplify what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, it sets it sets unrealistic expectations, right? Like there, you, there it is. Yeah, you post the beautiful vistas, but you don't say anything when you're like near hypothermia, walking <laughs> through freaking pouring rain, or you know, getting blown over by 60, 70 mile an hour wind gusts on top of a ridge, where it's like, all right, cool. If I fall off this thing, like I'm toast. No one's gonna hear from me again. You know? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. What what do you think most people's intentions are for posting the most beautiful parts of their hike? Is it to make others jealous or is it to? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I like for me, I post pretty shit all the time. So I, I would hope at least, right? Um, <laughs> in my opinion. But at the same time, like, um, I think that most of the time for people, it's like, I don't know, Instagram's almost like your photo album of your life. And like, you want to share those moments with other people. So, I mean... I don't personally want to share all the shittiest moments of my life with other people. Um, I think that there's stuff that we all like to keep a little bit more close to the chest. And, uh, you know, it, it just in that way, I think that we will definitely prioritize the stuff that's like fun and exciting and beautiful and wonderful and, you know, puts out this nice positive image, which like it can be a very mentally straining and challenging and physically straining and challenging trail. And it's not just for those people that are seeking beauty because beauty is not, you know, like my LT hike, I was sucked in like 90% of my LT hike. Um, it was not that pretty and it was very humid and sweaty. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, it can be that for quite a bit of the trail, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I think that leads to like a really good question. Like why, do, why did I use Instagram, um, you know, on my hike? And, um, you know, f for me, it was, um, you know, I had a lot of friends moving out West, you know, I mean, people moved, I'm from Tennessee and people moved, I've moved, a lot of my friends have moved all over the country. And I really, and I moved to the most beautiful part of Tennessee, in my opinion, which is East Tennessee, Knoxville. And I, you know, I wanted to be an advocate of that. Um, okay. Uh, of Tennessee, you know, uh, I want to show people the good, you know, the good parts uh, of Tennessee, of Tennessee, and then and then once I decided to hike the trail, I was like, I want to show everyone this amazing. I want to show everyone how beautiful the East Coast is. Like I know, like everybody's moving to, you know, the Pacific Northwest, Northwest, and Colorado, and whatever Texas. And I was like, like Tennessee and the East Coast is beautiful. Like here it is. You know, and and, and, it, and so I've I've really leaned into that like East Coast Appalachian, uh, I guess, persona. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you you post what impacts you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I and and as I've been thinking, as these two have been talking, like even on the on even on the days where I posted like really crappy stuff I posted it because it meant something to me like it affected me on a deep level mm -hmm. and so like <clears throat> I have this thing where I take pictures and especially on hikes and I just kind of delete them because I'm like it doesn't do the same mm -hmm. thing yeah, in the picture really as it does when I'm here right and so like Knoxville and I we hiked the same hike uh this past what was it Monday yes we miss e we miss each other by an hour on this hike but it was it was like one of those I got up to the top like 4,000 feet of elevation over six mm. miles it was absolutely brutal 
But like I got up there and I'm in this fire tower and I'm looking at these views and I'm just laughing, like randomly laughing because it's so incredible. And so mm. I find myself posting stuff like that or I find myself posting like, you know, um, I'm getting ready to get a tattoo for the AT and one of the pictures that I use is it's just kind of a dreary straight path in Pennsylvania because it's when I found out that my buddy Stronghold had been killed on trail, right? Like, and I shared that on Instagram because like it impacted me so deeply that like I want, I want people to be able to kind of know what, what that is. And like, I just remember walking that path and it, it is as straight as can be. And just thinking like, we're walking this trail and yet there's like still it's so straight but there's still so much that goes on you know and so i think most people are they they experience a depth in the in the depth of experience comes on those really sunny days when they get a great view and they can see for miles and miles and miles and that's that's the experience people want to see but then there is also that other side of things where it's like there's a lot of insight and depth that comes from even the hard things. But we don't want to put those things out because it's like yeah, that's not what people expect. You know, mm. kind of I think Knoxville was saying it right. Like you expect the really the best, the absolute best stuff. But like, yeah, like why like push that stuff? But then you don't push the standing on McAfee's knob and you can't see Jack squat figure <laughs> freaking clouded in, you know? Yeah. Well, when we started ours, we wanted to, I guess, like just update friends and family, like posting every stretch, like what was happening, like a collection of photos for that stretch. And we were just kind of posting, we were really just curating like what the views were mm -hmm. and the views were just like, okay, everyone knows those views. Half the time, we're not even in the picture, so we're just gonna look back at it and it's just gonna be a random view of McAfee Knob or the Grayson Highlands. And uh, we got home to New Jersey and we started realizing we were like, let's post every single day just to like be able to like, able to tell a story daily. Like even if it's not a really interesting, like 15 miles, like just like what happened that day? And like what was interesting and what set that day apart rather than day 95 or day 110. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and but I also feel that that is also people then tend to see daily posting as this like fairy tale version of what the trail is. I don't know um, about that. No? Okay. No, because I feel like you, I mean, I, I followed what you guys did and I didn't feel like it was a fairy tale at all. For sure. I mean, like, it, I feel like it gives you a very manageable, like, kind of look into what someone's actual hike is like. Like, I thought that you guys did a pretty decent job of that. Thank you. Just in my opinion. Yeah, cool. oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Part of me I cutting you off. I, I didn't mean, no, I didn't no, mean to do good, that. But yeah. That's what we, uh, me and uh, RD and Posh talked about yesterday. We were like, how, we're like, how are we going to do this without talking over each other? We're <laughs> <laughs> pretty I've good. Like really I've been working on that today. I've been really trying not to talk yeah, over. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you guys are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I think yeah. 
Um, let's jump in because I was, yeah, I, I want to talk about um, post-trail depression, especially since the 2021ers are ending and we've interviewed a few of them. Mm-hmm. And I think we interviewed them just a little too early to the end of their trail that they didn't really have any time to process it on their own, like what just happened. Yeah. Um, but I guess let's start with like, what is your advice for 2021ers that just got off trail? how to maybe manage the blow with um, just what's going to happen to for them in the next six to 12 months? For me, I would say find some way to exercise. I'm not saying you have to go out and be a 20 to 30 mile per hour or 20 to 30 mile per day runner. Like you don't have to do that, but like find some way to like get that physical like yearn out of your system um since i herniated my disc i've been going to yoga five days a week and like if you don't have that it's really easy to get pretty pretty messed up real quick um i would say getting get a dog but at the same time you all have heard my dog like whining and crying and barking for the fact that i'm not giving him (laughs) any attention because he's a giant princess so like (laughs) maybe get a turtle or like some fish (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i'm a little less a little less needy Okay. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that's um, what I got for that. Though. Yeah, exercise. Thank you for that. Um, when yeah. I was um, sitting on my, laying on my couch a lot, which I didn't really real like it was weird. Like you don't really, I didn't really understand post-trail depression. Like even though I was in the midst of it, um, but what I was doing every day to not make it worse to make myself feel good was exercise. I, I was I made a I made a goal. And I was like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to move my body in some way every single day. And I'm going to try to get sunlight. And, um, I mean, we're all, we're all AT through hikers. I think that that would, um, you know, resonate with a lot of post trail people. If we could somehow get that message out, like keep moving your body, keep getting outside in some form or fashion. Um, and that's really all I got, but, um, but, you know, um, I think one of your also your questions is like, why do some people like get it? Or, like, why is it worse for some people and not others? And I think yeah. it's like a lot of it is your community that you're in. As long as you have a good community as like try not to maybe try not to be alone. You know, maybe like I think it was hard. It was hard for me because I'm a very social person in 2020 when I got off trail in November of 2020. We were still or October and into November and December we were very much in this weird lockdown, which like I was exercising and I was trying to get out to, outside like every day, but I didn't have that social aspect. Um, I didn't have any sort of community for like a few months. And um, so like get outside, exercise, move your body and like join some communities and like, and be in some, whatever community you want to be in, like be in a community. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll piggyback off what Knoxville says. I'll get a little bit more specific. Find a community that understands. Um, I, man, I, I suffered really bad from post-trail depression. I mean, I, I basically came back from trail. I was on vacation for a couple of weeks with my wife, got a job. I was literally either working or on the couch looking at pictures crying. I mean, just, I, re- I remember talking to a guy. I'm, so I got a job as a barista. I remember talking to a guy at the, at the coffee shop and just crying because I miss trail so much. I miss, 
I miss the camaraderie. I miss the people. I miss, you know, um, there's just this understood suffering that you have as a through hiker that I can, like, when I met Knoxville for the first time, like, my buddy was like, oh, yeah, you got to meet this guy. He's got a mullet. And I walked up and he goes, oh, there he is, speaking of the mullet, right? And, like, I said, hey, what's up? And he said, oh, this is my buddy Knoxville. He hiked this year. And it was like, boom, that's it. Mm. We're best friends, you know. But Did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much room for activities. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, normal people just don't understand. I, you know, my, even my wife who she's hiked the long trail, she's hiked the foothills trail. She's hiked the smoky section of the AT. Like I start talking about the AT and she's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> yeah, whatever, uh-huh. you know, like find people who know what you've been through, who know what you've gone through. Because when I was sitting there on the couch, looking at pictures, crying, cause I was so depressed, like, it wasn't like my wife didn't offer me the condolences that I needed. Nah, I love her to death, whatever. Uh, but it was, I, I was always just craving people who understood what I had been through, you know, like I just wanted someone who I could say, yeah, you know, this shelter and you know, when you're walking through the rain and it's like this and they could just like, give me the smile and the nod of like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, you know? So yeah stay active absolutely go running go hiking get in the sun whatever you need to do but also find people who know what you're what the heck you've been through you know it's it's not like anything else it doesn't matter what you've been through it's not like anything else dude i I, i'm really glad you guys both brought that up because i will say for me that like i love all my best friends to death but they're all like hardcore normies um and like (laughs) you know they they've got houses and mortgages and weddings and babies on the way you know hopefully soon here and so it's like my friends back at home there was just never any camaraderie around like you know i think i talked about it with them like one time yeah i was like cool man and then like anytime i bring it up i would just know that like it wasn't going to be understood right in the ways that were going to validate the way that i was feeling um Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. talking with people like my buddy dildo back at home he was like the one dude that i did it the same year as me he hiked with joe for a little bit there um like he was like the one dude that it was like okay he gets it like it's fine and sam yesterday when i met you for the first time like we just like looked up at one another and I like told you, I was like, Hey, I'm going to lay down in the dirt and start doing these stretches for my back. Cause like my back hurts and like, you get it because like, yeah, cool. Cool. Like there's just this level of like, uh, and I know I talked about, um, vulnerability, but it's like, you don't have to feel like you have to guard any part of yourself when you're with mm-hmm. another true hiker. Like you can yeah. just like tell them about how you shit your pants that day, you know, one time. <laughs> instantly and like they're cool with it right oh let's dive yeah, into that yeah. story tell me how you yeah. scoop it with bark and, and then put the <laughs> underwear back on please yeah right back to the brown blazing yeah said <laughs> <laughs> so i have a one track mind all right <laughs> and no and that's it like like they always people always talk about like you no one understand like you talk to your friends about your through hike and all of a sudden you see their eyes glaze over glaze they they just like crispy cream like i went in i saw joe at the i saw knoxville at the brewery one day and he's like 
Oh, dude, there's a through hiker here. Her name's Everest. She's she hiked in freaking 2017 or something like that. And it was immediate. I went out there. I said, "Hey, you Everest?" And she's like, "Uh huh." And we just talked about the trail for 20 minutes. Uh, nice. I had a guy. I had a guy come into the coffee shop. He was wearing a Z Packs beanie, right? And I was like, "Oh, you like Z Packs?" And he looked at me. And he's like, "How do you know Z Packs?" Like, uh, <laughs> how do you know Z Packs? He's like, "I backpack." I said, "I backpack too." He says, "I hike the AT." I was like, "I hike the AT." And I literally said to him, first time I ever met him, I said, "Did we just become best friends?" <laughs> <laughs> He went and sat down, and like we're we're good friends to this day. Like, it, I, there's just this understanding between hikers of like, yeah, I know what you've been through, I know what you've seen, I know what you've struggled with, and I'm there with you. You know, like there's this unspoken support that comes along with it. Nice. Wait, so tell me about the Knoxville AT support group yeah. that you're trying to start. Like, is that a weekly thing? Is that a monthly thing? Well, we've only had one so far, and it went off without a hitch. It was great. We had like eight, eight hikers or something throw, show up, throw yeah. up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and um, so uh, yeah, yeah. So we got together last night, and that was a, a, a topic of conversation. Um, and we we all know two or three hi different hikers that will show up, and like, you know, it, it's great. Like, it's great. Like, it's. I think that it can be something. Knoxville is a really good town for hikers. There's mm -hmm. so many hikers that we both know and don't know. And I think that, so in two weeks on a little plug for our, our hike, what we call hiker trash, Knoxville, AT, hiker trash, hangout. Um, is that what is we're it? calling uh, it? <laughs> we have not, we have not agreed on the nomenclature. <laughs> all right. We have not come to a consensus on that. On this, but I'm taking the lead on that. And, uh, oh, I'm print out, I'm going to print documentation. So it's it, 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 a tyranny paper. with the namesake but, uh, of the city over here, but fine. But, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm Knoxville. So I decide these things. Uh, he wins. Yeah, he's, also, <laughs> he's also the oldest. We'll just throw that out there. Yeah, ah. Grandpa like, what do you like? He was like, what are you, like, 24 or something? I was like, thanks, I'm 38. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah on uh, November 16th, we're going to have another uh, Hiker Trash Hangout at Crafty. We don't really know a time. But, I, and we need to start doing some marketing for that. You, you start hitting the uh, start hitting the phones, guys. Uh, you Facebook know, ads. Uh, hit the email. Hit the I'll hit up the kids on all the Tic Tacs and the Snap Faces. All right, I got that covered. Both you know, both apertures. Cool. Yeah, it's, got it's them like down. Maybe, you know, it's like maybe it'll grow into something. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just every time we do it, six hikers will show up and whatever. Or yeah. maybe it'll grow into a thing where we get 10, 20 hikers showing up and maybe some prospective hikers who are like, I want to be immersed with these people and ask them questions. You know, I don't know. Like, whatever um we'll see what happens it's kind of like the hike it's like who knows um but we have a good base here with resident daddy and posh and i and i appreciate you guys lava boy and shark shark girl did i get that right shark boy love shark <laughs> no there not at all the names bro we, we really have to discuss this <laughs> i know i do this every time um um, but, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys kind of getting us together, um, yeah. you yeah. know, to, to discuss that. So, um, you know, this is all great. And it's really brought to the forefront that Knoxville is a great AT through hiker town. And uh, we, there should be some organization, you know, so.
that's kind of yeah. what we're doing is we're going to take the lead the, on that. The Through Hiker Alumni Association. The. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay, right. So I actually, I actually just met a 2021-er. He was at, he's a Sobo. He was at Fontana. His name was Anvil. And he was like, so uh, I live in Denver, but is Knoxville a pretty good place in the South? And I was like, come on, dude. Knoxville is the place in the South. Come on. He said, I'm looking to relocate. I said, get your butt over to Knoxville. This is the place to be. You'll meet Knoxville. Okay, ah. now that you said that, wait, wait, wait. Convince us right now, the three of you, convince us to come to Knoxville after 2022. Time out. One, one hour and, to the no, trail. No, 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 no. If you Gallimer, need any convincing, look at the three faces on your on your screen right now. If you need any convincing outside of that, you don't belong here. <laughs> um as somebody as somebody who recent relo recently relocated i will tell you that my cost of living um is drastically less than the north and the people are wonderful um i'm not afraid to gain some weight because there's no body shaming because we love good food down here and we got mm. no problems with it all right um <laughs> but also at the same time it's like joe said it's like an hour to the smokies hour and 20 minutes to like really deep in the smokies and then, you know, Pisca's right there, and Tehala's right there. Like, Cherokee. we got it all. Cherokee, ooh, yeah. We've got, we've got 100 Cherokee. miles of trails within city limits. Mm -hmm. wow. Come on. Oh, the quarries? Yeah, there's, like, mad quarries, the quarries where I can just, like, yeah. Amazing mountain biking scene. By the way, guys, um, RD, Posh, you guys got to come. Uh, AMBC is having their fall, uh, fall festival this weekend. Saturday, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all you know, come check it out. Like, we'll just mm -hmm. silent disco, drink beers. It's the Mount uh, Appalachian, AMBC, Appalachian Mountain Biking Club. We have an amazing mountain biking um, community here in Knoxville. And some really great trails, some really great downhill. Um, and, just, and, and just really good people who very similar to uh, the through hiking community. Yep. Nice. And also, we're we are we are within like an hour's drive of world class whitewater rafting, world class mm. like rapids, kayaking, whatever you want to. Literally, if you want to do something outdoors that's fun, come to Knoxville. You're within yeah. an hour of it. The the place where I walk my dog, the Imes Quarry. There's people rock climbing at the crag there every day. Yes. Um, yep. And this is like right there. Um, and we, our winter or, or our fall here, um, it's like gorgeous in 65 every afternoon. <laughs> and it gets down to a nice chilly, you know, 41 at night. And like, that's not a big deal. It's a very mellow uh, climate. So yeah. less drastic than New England or, I mean, I don't even know what the mid-Atlantic where you guys are from. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. I still call it Northern Jersey almost New England. Not quite. That's okay. Second yeah. best. Yeah, it was, it was like it was like fifty three degrees a day, and it was so chilly. I decided to make chili for dinner. It right? was like, really. It was yeah. It was like fifty three. It was freezing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> These guys are soft as anything. It, it was t shirt weather out there. All right, yeah, I'm not yeah. turning the heat on till January. Not gonna happen, but okay. <laughs> I told you guys, I'm like the tents. I'm three seasons, man. Like. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's supposed to snow here in Seoul next week, apparently. Oh, wow. So that's where we're at. We skipped okay. fall. Um, it went from 80 degrees to about 40 degrees. Yeah. Cold. So, yeah, yeah that sounds nice. Fun. 
What's your time frame there in uh, Korea? How long are you guys going to be there? Moving back in March, March. 2022. That's when our contract ends. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Hit us up. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll definitely make a trip down to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. You better. Yeah, you better. You all are, you all are teaching, correct? Yes. Yes. Are you teaching? What organization are you taking through? Mm. It's like, so they're called Hagwons. They're after-school programs. So in Korea, all of the children get out of school and then immediately go to academies, whether it be science, math, art, music, English. So we teach at an English academy from 1.30 to 9.30 p.m. every day. So we're like after school, fun, babysitter slash English tired. teacher. <laughs> Until 9.30 p.m.? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's brutal. If you think we're tired, those 12-year-olds those are like done. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. I, I told my kid, I was like, hey, you know, in America, like, after 2.30, school is done. And they're just like, cry. just crying. <laughs> <'Cause now laughs> <it's crying>. um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just about to say, come on down to Knoxville. We definitely don't do that. We, we do this thing called enjoying <laughs> life a little bit. So stop on by, all right? <laughs> Love the sales pitches. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. Like, sure. Yeah, great job, y'all. <laughs> Sweet. Is there anything else that you guys want to like throw out into the through hiking community? Um, yeah, one of my favorite keepsakes from the trail is probably this trail beard. Um, you know, like I kept it kept it rolling uh, ever since. Um, that's probably it. Are you ever? Wait, you? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably. Every time I see my mom, she's literally like, like I, I went and vi went home to Nashville visit my mom the other day, and like literally the first thing she says, I walk in the door. And I was like, hey, mom, I'm home, whatever. And she was like, when I come in the other room, am I going to see less beard than last time? Like, Is that seriously the first thing you're going to say when I walk in? Yeah. Wait, you legitimately, ha you haven't shaved that since trail? No, 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 I've been shaping it up, but, you know, okay, you okay. Can keep it, whatever, keeping it full, like, whatever. Well, I'm keeping it, it accurate trail size. Yeah, I yeah. guess I don't have room to talk, because I literally have not shaved since trail, and this is what oh. I look like. <laughs> Just it. It's hard as I try. Let me get, let me get a closer uh. look. Yeah, hold on here, yeah, what do you got there? Oh, boy. <laughs> The volume on that bad boy, whoop. Someone's <laughs> using his pantene. It's all right. It would That's be a lot like... bigger if it was if it was Knoxville's color. <laughs> you just can't see it. It blends yeah. in with the melly. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> well, thank you for like taking the time yeah. again. We like love you guys. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Love y'all. Yeah, yeah, of course, guys. And uh, whenever you want to have a debate on here, us versus Sobos, well, Joe can't come, but Nobo <laughs> versus Sobo, what's the superior direction? Let me know. I'm, I'm available for that. All right, I'll make <laughs> yeah. time. Joe, Joe could be an outside source since he's one of those worthless flip-floppers. You know? I'll be the flip-flop wild card. I'll just yeah. <laughs> I'll, like, switch teams like mid-debate. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, guys. All right. Love it. <laughs> We're going to end the call. We've got to get ready All for right. school. Yeah. Got to yeah. school night. Enjoy cool. your night. Thank Have you. a great one, everybody. Take See care. Nice. See you guys soon. Bye. See you guys Bye. later. Bye, guys.
hope you enjoyed the conversations of episode 16. It was an absolute pleasure to listen to these three hilarious dudes go into more meaningful depth about a thru-hiker's psyche. If you want to join in on future live chats, you can head over to our Instagram, which is at Let's Trek Together. We go live once a week, usually on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are a thru-hiker and want to be a guest on a future episode, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or by email, which is letstrektogether at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, let's trek together.